Hello everyone, I'm Simon Ford of Forge Gin. Martinis, gin and tonics, Negronis, great classic cocktails is what I'm about, but I also love to hear of great recipes from great bartenders from around the world, which is why we've partnered with Beyond the Drink for this season. Cheers. Well, you just heard from the man himself, Simon Ford, and this season of Beyond the Drink is brought to you by our friends at Ford's Gin. I'm Cappy, and in this series, we're going to hear from some of the best bartenders in the country as they share the stories and recipes behind their favorite drinks. Beyond the Drink is a spinoff of Beyond the Plate, our podcast that sits down with the world's culinary elite to explore their journey into the food industry and the social impact they have made in their communities. We invite you to check out this season of Beyond the Plate, where we're featuring some of the greatest restaurant and hospitality duos. And if you're new to Beyond the Drink, welcome. If you listened before, we're so glad you're back. We hope this episode inspires you to create a delicious cocktail or, like the bartenders we feature, make a difference in your community. To get the cocktail recipe we discussed in this episode, check out the episode notes in your podcast player or go to beyondtheplatepodcast.com. One more thing, we have some awesome Beyond the Plate merch. You can find the link in your podcast player or go to our website, beyondtheplatepodcast.com. Head on over and check out our hats, tees, hoodies, and more. Again, that's beyondplatepodcast.com. Enjoy this week's episode. Gentlemen, let's start with an audio test. I'm going to have you both name three of something. So, Daniel, let's start with you. Name three ingredients you love to use with gin. Definitely green chartreuse. I love to use also like floral elements to accentuate the gins and definitely citrus. I like things bright and uh, delicious. Awesome. Matt, name three culinary focused ingredients you love to see used in cocktails. In cocktails, I think chilies, like any sort of pepper that's can be infused or even drops is always cool. One thing I love about Daniel's style of making cocktails is his use of spices like cumin and coriander and oregano even in some of his cocktails. But yeah, chilies, herbs, and I love an interesting rim on a cocktail. One of our drinks at our bar has um, crushed up chapulines, the crickets with some chilies and stuff. So I love, love shit like that. Oh, can I curse on this podcast? Yeah, you can. And you both sound good. Let's rock and roll. Today's guests are a chef bartender duo out of Oakland. They currently own a spot in Uptown and a new baby just arrived. Daniel Paez worked in cafes and restaurants wanting to be in the kitchen until an unassuming bar position led him into a career where he could express his passion and creativity through drinks. He approaches the ingredients for his drinks with a culinary sensibility. Matt Meyer grew up in between Tijuana, Mexico and San Diego. He makes food with intention, excitement, and enough for everyone. His cooking style combines his Mexican background with his love for exploring other cultures through food. You can find more on them in the episode notes and follow Daniel on Instagram at AquacellArts and Matt at Matt underscore Meyer. Please enjoy this episode as we go beyond the drink with Daniel Paez and Matt Meyer. Gentlemen, it's good to have you. Thanks for having us. Let's do a little warm-up speed round. What do you say? Let's go. All right. Number one, Daniel, name the cocktail that inspired you to get behind the bar. Ooh, Corpse Reviver number two. Hey, Matt, give us one cocktail you make at home. Mezcal with ice. Mezcal with ice. <laughs> Next, Daniel, name a smell behind the bar you love. Oh, toasted spices. Name a smell behind the bar you hate. Bad beer lines. Matt, how about a smell in the kitchen you love? Onions, dude. Yeah, how about a smell you hate? Uh, drains, like drains, you know, floor drains. Last one, Daniel, what's the one gin cocktail everyone needs to try? For me, it's the last word. 
last word. All right, fitting. Why don't you tell us about this cocktail, the last word you brought for us today? Yeah, last word started my love affair with green chartreuse, which I'm deeply saddened to hear that it might not be as available. I started stocking up on that like last summer, just to make sure that we had reserves. But I think the combination of all the herbal aromatics, the bright citrus balanced by just enough sweetness from the maraschino and the green chartreuse makes like a really crushable drink. But then you have the heat from the, the gin and the acid from the lime, and it keeps you from wanting to just chug that drink. I think it's elegant. I think it is complex, but also just so simple. And it's been around for quite a long time, given, um, you know, way for, you know, like Sam Ross's, like paper planes and other like really great equal parts drinks. Our opening menu had a, it was like mezcal, green chili, like a poblano infused spirit that we made, like a liqueur and then green chartreuse and lime. And it was so good. But then it just ended up being too much to keep up with the production of the poblano liqueur. So I took it off the menu. Yeah. You guys do some fun stuff over there. Why don't you, can you just take us through the exact ingredients or amounts amounts and how it's built? Absolutely. Traditionally, it is uh, equal parts gin and lime juice and green chartreuse and luxardo maraschino. I like to go a little bit heavier, making it like one part forged gin, one part uh, lime juice, maybe three quarters part green chartreuse, like dialing it down a little bit and three quarters part luxardo maraschino, just dialing that down as well. Got it. And then shaken? Yeah, you're going to shake it, put it in a coop. People typically don't garnish it. I like it with a little cherry as a little treat at the end. Cool. like it. All right. I know what I'm ordering next time I'm out at a bar or restaurant. That's awesome. Hey, Matt, you mentioned in the speed round, when I asked about the cocktail you make at home, that it's mezcal uh, with ice. Is that your go-to with a meal as well? Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely it's just, it's the easiest go-to for me. I've always been a huge fan of agave spirits, but uh as is is kind of my favorite way to drink any spirit really you have you have a gin cocktail up your sleeve you want to share with us i think if i'm going gin it's going to be a gin martini slightly wet with a lemon twist what is your original gin cocktail though chef oh my original the one that i uh invented when i was 19 uh, it's called the squirt baccarat and it's seagram's gin and squirt and served with no ice because we were outside and we didn't want to go inside to get ice from <laughs> our dad's fridge. So yeah, warm gin and squirt baccarat. <laughs> Put that on the menu. That's your original gin cocktail. Ooh, when's the last time you had one of those, chef? I think uh, maybe 10 years ago. You getting inspired there, Daniel, or no? Uh, absolutely. I think, you know, we should definitely put that on the menu. Yeah. So Matt, we were talking how, you know, we love doing pairings here on like Beyond the Drink. And we've talked about them early in early seasons of Beyond the Plate and we had a series called Just the Plate and whatnot, but especially makes sense for this duo season. So how do you like, how do you think about pairing cocktails with the food you're making? Yeah. Having partnered with Daniel on now two restaurants, it's been really inspiring because of his style of cocktail making. He utilizes a lot of produce and ingredients like chilies, spices, herbs, and he imbues a lot of value into his spirits with those ingredients. So that's been really fun to cook alongside that because we'll often share certain ingredients in a dish that I'm working on and essentially pair it with a cocktail that he's working on. I think an example could be something like I make a hazelnut salsa matcha as a, for one of my dishes. 
And uh, Daniel has a cocktail with uh, the same chilies that I use in the salsa. He makes like a cordial with these chilies and spices. They present very differently ultimately because you're getting a savory dish, a hot savory dish, and you're drinking a cold boozy cocktail, but you're going to, you're going to find some things in common along with that. So that's been really, I enjoyed that process. Does that happen intentionally or is that random? Are there other ingredients in other cocktails and dishes across your menus or is that just happens when it happens? I think it's the nature of having a, just a tiny kitchen. <laughs> Everybody's eating everything. Yeah. yeah, there's at least so much physical space to put like a pound of dried chilies. So we'll talk about like Daniel's like, oh, can you get in like pasillas or can you get in morita or whatever? And I'll be like, yeah, let's do it. I'll get that. If that's something he wants to play with, and then I'll just work it into an ingredient on the menu side or vice versa. I'll be like, dude, I'm doing something with these New Mexico chilies and sesame and almond. And he'll be like, cool. That, I want to mess with that and see if I can make something cool into a drink with it. I like yeah. that. I want to hit upon social impact and giving back with you both. You know, I think most of our listeners know it's a huge reason why we started the podcast to really shine a light on bartenders and chefs around the country, really around the world and how generous they are in their communities. And many of them go about it in many different ways. But I would love for either one of you or both of you to share, is there a cause or organization individually you work with or as an establishment? I would love for you to shed a little light on on that. Yeah, I mean, part of uh, the way we were able to open our first restaurant was during the pandemic. And we partnered with World Central Kitchen, a really great organization that provided food and meals, hot meals for countless numbers of people. And so, you know, in the thick of COVID, we fundraising was tight because, you know, investors pulled out and all that. So we were left on our own. So we were able to partner with World Central Kitchen and we're cooking meals for people in need for about a year and a half in the process of getting open. And that really helped us as a small business. And we ended up cooking over 10,000 hot meals in that time. And then once it came time for us to open, we decided to continue with that organization. And then we started working with a local organization called Community Kitchens. They're just based out of Oakland. And we still, to this day, make, we don't do as many as before, but we do about 100 meals a week for them. And yeah, I think at this point, I think we've cooked over 15,000 meals. And it's a great organization that give back to the community that we're that we love so much and that we're a part of. So it's great. Yeah, we do uh, basically 1% from all the checks gets donated to them as well as part of the Dining for Justice initiative through Community Kitchen. So it's, it's really great. That's awesome. You know what? I Now that you mentioned that Dining for Justice program, Alex Maynard, who was on the podcast as well on Beyond the Drink, he had mentioned that organization. And I yeah. love hearing, I love hearing organization. I love hearing new ones, but hearing repeats is also like very exciting just to hear how involved the industry gets with them, you know? Oh yeah. Guys, thank you. I, I, I love that. And in closing out here, We'll start with Daniel, you know, not to over explain this as I do most episodes, but in our chef episodes, I often like to ask them advice they would give to their younger self or a young line cook and whatnot. But, you know, we started asking bartenders advice they would give to young and up and coming bartenders, which we hadn't in the past. And I've been loving the answers and conversation. So I guess I would throw that out to you. Is there a piece of advice you would give to young upcoming bartenders? Yeah, I think one that I didn't do for a long time and mostly just 
for financial reasons, but I think travel as much as you can and get as much varied experience as possible. Because every time I go out and I explore a new town or, you know, a new uh, country, even I just am blown away and I come back with just so much more inspiration. And it doesn't have to, it can be a couple towns over and exploring a different scene that is just not what you're used to. And you just find so much inspiration. I think when I was growing up as a bartender, it was really important for me to like prove that I could make my own path. But at the same time, it's like, just learn what you're doing to do it well, and then get exploratory and then get creative. But do the fundamentals first. That's really important. I like that. Thank you. Matt, I'm going to go slightly different direction. Since you all are our first chef bartender duo, you know, of this season on this series, I guess I'm curious, and you kind of dove into this a little bit when we talked about ingredients, but what would you say makes a good chef bartender duo? I think communication, honestly, as a chef and bartender duo, and also as co-business owners, communicating is everything, even if it's disagreeing, but like communicate, you know, why you disagree and you figure things out whether you know creatively or financially any anything like having a communication is everything that's how you find solutions I like it guys thank you both that was awesome really appreciate it i love everything you said i always say this and it's true i could spend like another hour you're like diving even deeper into a lot of this stuff but this was fun i appreciate you all and and daniel the bartending community and matt you know the chef community thank you both for everything you do who's come visit us yeah man yeah for sure thank you guys cheers. cheers To get the recipe from this episode, check out the episode notes in your podcast player or go to beyondtheplaypodcast.com. This episode is produced by myself along with Ian Cohen, Joel Yetten, and Sean Petrosian. Find me and keep up to date with this podcast across all social media platforms at OnCaffey's Play or go to beyondtheplaypodcast.com. Beyond the Plate is on all the socials at BT Play Podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on your listening site of choice. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Drink, a production of Beyond the Plate. I'm Cappy.